someone that we have here is uh, Dr. Jay Smith. Uh, Jay is the president and one of the founders of Yellowstone Theological Institute. You see, friends, I made a mistake uh, when I went to get my Master of Divinity degree uh, because you can actually get one of those uh, in like Yellowstone and in Bozeman, Montana, which is a lot prettier than uh, Deerfield, Illinois, where I did it. Um, so if you're thinking about future theological education, uh, don't make the same mistake I did. Um, go to a beautiful place uh, to do future uh, studies of God and His Word. Um, so Jay is with us. He is. This is not his first time here. He is a, a deep friend of uh, Sterling College, and we are thrilled to have him back. Uh, in addition to serving as president, he is also the Bridger Professor of Theology and Ethics, so he wears quite a few different hats, uh, and he is here uh, today to uh, preach a message on the book of Jude, um, which is a tiny little book that's tucked right before uh, the end of the Bible, um, the second to last book before Revelation, and it's a rich book. It's a rich, rich book that often gets overlooked, and so I'm thrilled that Jay is going to take us through some of it today and, uh, and has an awesome message for each and every one of us. Amen. Thank you, Brother Paul. It's good to be back in Sterling, Kansas today. Two weeks ago in Bozeman, Montana, it snowed seven inches. Fall was one week long, and it's good to be back with you. Of all the places that I visit as a president of YTI, Sterling, without a doubt, is one of my favorite places for a lot of different reasons. I think the, the, one of the biggest reasons for me is, is you. All of you are special. All of you are here for a reason. You want to get an education. Maybe you want to play a sport. Maybe you want to be closer to home than you have been. But there's another reason too, and God has wanted you here for a purpose as well. And you're going to find that purpose out over the next few years of your life here in Sterling at Sterling College. And that to me is exciting. I've been, this is, I think, my third chapel that I've preached at here over the last four years, roughly. And I've watched students come and go and change, and I've got to know many of you, and I've watched Students go from being a freshman to a graduate and watching them just flourish in this world. And you're going to flourish in this world too. And I think that's incredibly exciting. Psalm 16.8, your verse this fall, is a great verse. I was told not to preach on it. Um, I've set the Lord continually before me because He is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. So the first part of this message is really about being kept in Christ, right? And as I was on the road last week in another state, in Washington state, I was doing my devotional reading and came across Jude. I have never preached on Jude. It's one of those books that's just verses. It's not even a chapter. And if you don't watch out, you thumb right over it and you're in Revelation and it's, you get sucked in there right? But Jude is an incredible book. And I want to expand on really your theme this fall with this message from Jude. So Jude 17, I'm going to read it to you from the New American Standard Version. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you, in the last time there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. 
These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Waiting anxiously. Think of anxiously as expectantly in this case. Waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life and have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire and some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. And I'm going to add a little bit. And I love this benediction from Jude. Now to him who is able to keep you to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of His glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. You know, I don't know about you. I mean, I'm only 32. Yeah, right, I know. Yeah. But, But life has been an adventure. I I have loved it. It's gone by way too fast. But maybe like you, the last several years have been just tough. They have been just tough. And I want to acknowledge that. And I would say not just tough, really, but in, in many ways, horrifying. Horrifying. We're in the worst pandemic, and I think it's tailing off. I pray it's tailing off since 1918's flu pandemic. We live in a time where there's incredible political chaos and civil unrest. You know, I, 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 I can't speak for you, but as an old guy, I, I, I watch the news. And I've gotten to where I only want to watch the morning news to see if it's going to snow you know, so I know what to wear because the rest of it ends up being a, about the COVID count or about the latest school shooting or about rising prices of everything. And I just, I, that, that after a while just wears the spirit down, doesn't it? And then of course, what, what we're calling global, I call it global warming weirdness. Some people think there's global warming, some people don't. Some people say it's just climate change. Some people say, well, it just gets hot and it gets cold. It's a weirdness, right? It's a, it's, it's a weirdness. Um, and, and, and Bozeman has gone through that weirdness where massive snows and then no snows, right? We, we're, so we're experiencing some of that right now. Um, a chaotic job market. And I'm linking that to the economic chaos that we live in. In Bozeman, Montana, you can get a job at Walmart now for $24 an hour. What? I I think I'm going to quit as president of YTI and become a greeter at Walmart for $24 an hour. My goodness, McDonald's is hiring for $21 an hour in Bozeman. At the very same time, housing prices are soaring. So I bought a house several years ago, and, it, and I feel like I was robbed. I do. It was expensive and kind of painful. Uh, and now I could sell it for over twice what I bought it for. That's just crazy. 
and you have this job market that's in flux. There's not enough service industry folks. Um, people are looking at changes, and it's just kind of a crazy thing. You can look at it one of two ways. You can either look at it like, woohoo, I can get a job when I graduate. Or you can go, oh, but will the job that I want be there after I graduate? I, I, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. And this is the tough one for me because I'm in higher education too. And it's the rising cost and yet devaluing of university education. You're here because you want to know more so that you can serve better in your world, so you can get a good job and all of these things. And this is the important part of higher education. It really, really is. But there seems to be this movement where people are questioning people who have educations anymore. Questioning doctors. Questioning doctors. I had a student once come up to me and said, early on in the COVID pandemic, and she's a lovely young lady, but was just confused. And she said, Dr. Smith, so did I understand right that if I gargle with Clorox, I can avoid COVID-19? And I said, I don't know what you're listening to, but stop it right now. Right? We, we've started questioning all of these authorities People with educations that know, right? And that's a crazy world to enter into. And so, you know, right now in October, end of October 2021, you know, I, I, see, I see the glimmer of some rainbows after the storm, but it's just a glimmer. I think it's going to really be up to you in many ways to reestablish some real continuity and sanity in our country. Now, how do we respond to all this chaos? Well, you, you could just not care. You, that's, that is actually an option that many people are taking. They just don't care. They have no more care left in them. A lot of people think that it's all just going to get back to normal with no help and no encouragement to get that way. Some of them don't care to the point that they've decided to do several things that are out of the norm. For example, hate all politicians, hate public health officials, anyone who tells them to wear a mask, that's a bad thing now, don't tell me to wear a mask or to get a shot, and the anger level is rising amongst those who don't care. But you know what? I don't believe that's you. The fact that you're at Sterling College tells me something. It tells me that you do care. It tells me that you want this world to be a better place. The world that you're going to inhabit in the next few years needs to be at a, place, a better place, and you can be a change agent for that. Why? Because you follow Christ. Christ came to this world to usher in the kingdom of God and to make it a better place. And I think that's what Jude is getting at for us today. That's what Jude is getting at for us today. What do we know about Jude? Um, he's an actor from England? Just kidding. He's James's brother, possibly related to Jesus, maybe as a nephew even. Uh, Jude's book looks a lot like, actually, Second Peter. There's some information in there that, that looks similar. I, I kind of like that because 
sometimes my wife says, I have to tell you two or three times to take out the trash. So I like two or three times. I like to hear that, that echo of what's going on. But Jude's one important point for us that we read about is how to thrive in the midst of chaos. And we are in the midst of chaos. How do we thrive as Christians? And I want to point out, this is not just surviving. Oh my gosh, I just want to survive. This is thriving. How to thrive in this culture. So what can we get from this short letter? What can we glean from it? What can you guys take away this weekend as you maybe get to go back home or go do uh, different events for Sterling? What can you take away? The most important thing, first and foremost, that I need you to know is this. You are beloved. Now that seems lame and weak, right? In some ways, oh yeah, I know. I know God loves me. You've heard that before. I know you've heard that before. Jude is speaking to us as if we we not only know that God loves us, but that we've accepted God into our lives in Jesus Christ. But that's not all that that means. This isn't some kind of syrupy, I love you kind of thing to make you feel better. This is a statement about who you and I are. We are beloved. The word that Jude uses is agape. You've heard that, I'm sure. And in this sense, it is... Dr. Milhouse, I'm going to stretch a little bit here. In this sense, agape isn't simply that God loves you. It's that God has poured Himself into your life. That's what the Gospels say, John chapter 14. If you love me, Jesus says to His disciples, and if you live in obedience to what I'm telling you, Now ask the Father and we'll give you the Holy Spirit. A few verses later, if you love me and you you, you do what I'm telling you, then I'm going to, the Father and I actually, are going to make our home in you and be with you. And that means that you and I are filled with God, who is love. Absolute, grade A, pure, unquenchable, unstoppable agape. And Jude is reminding you of that. He's reminding me of that. That when we accepted Christ, we became not just Jay Smith or Dr. Roy Milhouse, we became beloved, filled with God, filled with God's love, And Jude is asking us to remember that, to embrace that, and to embody that, because most of us don't do that. We hold God off here. Oh, I love you, God, especially on Sunday mornings. But i got to study for algebra or calculus right now. He's saying, I am in you and with you all the time. And Jude is saying, we have to learn to live into that love. We've got to learn to live into that unconditional care for the sake of the other. Because until we do that, until we live into the fact that we are beloved, we'll never realize the fullness of what God has done for us in Jesus. We won't until we learn to live into that love. Um, Any of you guys science fiction fans? Uh, Dune. Dune. Any Dune fans? Thank you, thank you. 
I'm not alone. This is a good thing. Um, science fiction, I think, is, is what, what we would call in the business the eschatology of the modern world. It's that hopeful other. What's going to happen in the future, right? And I'm a Dune fan, and so I went to the movie. It just opened up, the new movie. Anybody else go besides me and all the old people? Thank you, thank you. A couple of young adults. Uh, in, this, in this movie, the, the, the head guy, the head star of this is, is Paul Atreides. He's the central character. And I'm not going to give too much away, I promise. He's the central character. He's young. He's about your age, actually. I think that's fair. He's a college-age kid. He is the heir uh, to the house Atreides, which is a, one of the big galaxies power people, right? He's the guy. But he wants to just kind of be a teenager too, doesn't he? If you know the movie or the story, he, he's like you. He's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be, I, I, I don't want to be the, the Duke. You know, all of his buddies are military guys and he loves them. He, he wants to be the son. He, he's not ready for that yet. But there comes a moment. There comes a moment in this movie, in this book series, where he realizes who he is. He realizes that there's more to this than just being Paul, Atreides. He realizes that there's more inside of him and that more is being asked of him. And he stands up to the plate and becomes the Duke. Not just the Duke, but the Moadib. He becomes what he was called to be and created to be. And you have been called to be and created to be the Beloved. That means God has poured Himself, God's self, into you. You now have access to the most powerful force in the universe, and yet we just kind of discard it. You all, God is love. God is in you and I, through Jesus, in the power of the Spirit. We need to live into that love right now, in this culture, at this time. Secondly, you must live into the words of the apostles. Live into is a phrase I'm going to use several times this morning. The New Testament is filled with the directions and encouragement of the apostles. And Jude is saying, you can't neglect that. That's your guide. Those are your instructions to the life of Christ to which you have been called. You know, you might be a soccer player, you might be a basketball player, you might be a historian, a theologian, a cosmetologist, a future engineer, a future school teacher. You might be all of those things as your vocation. But you as a person have been called to be beloved. And the directions for being beloved are in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, Peter, James... John, all of those, that's where the directions are and how to lead this life. You have got to live into the words of the apostles. I've got to tell you, I, I have decided I should do an academic paper on what it means to be a man in the 20th century and what it means to not follow directions. Uh, there's a puzzle store in Seattle, Washington that I go to occasionally. It's become frustrating for me to go get puzzles there. It's called Ikea. And so, because my wife kind of likes that, so I, we'll go to Ikea occasionally when we're in the area, and she goes, we need to get the girls a new dresser. Okay, we get them a new dresser. We need to get this. Okay. Well, it's a puzzle. You've got to, they give it to you in a, in a cardboard box, and you've got to put it together. 
Man, I got a screwdriver and I got a pair of pliers. I can do anything. I have yet to build a piece of IKEA furniture without myriads of problems. It looks so simple. It looks so simple. And I put the backwards, I put on the back backwards. I don't put in the drawers right. I put one slot upside down in it. And my wife always says, Honey, have you looked at the directions? <sighs> the apostles are our directions for life in Jesus. And that's what Jude is talking about to us. Guys, you got it's not just about reading the Bible. I'm glad we all read our Bibles, but it's about living into these words that the apostles have for us. Thirdly, and I think this is the most important thing for us. Well, no, the first one was. The third one's important though too. You must push aside distractions. You've got to push aside these distractions. Jude says that mockers or scoffers, depending on your translation, the people who treat you contemptuously, and especially belittle your faith contemptuously, they will push you off track if you let them get into your wheelhouse. You know, I, I am, uh, it, my base self tends to be prideful. I think most of us have a sense of pride. And when someone mocks us, scorns us, scoffs at us, makes fun of us, it, it tends to, our, all of a sudden, our, our focus shifts onto them and what they're saying. And I'm made to feel bad. I'm made to feel like I'm outside of the bubble. And what that does to me is it derails me. And then it makes me angry. And then I want to attack them somewhere. Because they've hurt me. And it just pushes me off. Game. It totally gets me just nuts. Right? Jude says, you must push aside that. Why? And he says, why? He says, because they divide communities. They divide us. And they have minds that are not focused on the things of God or love, but they're focused on the worldly things, what they can attain, what they can achieve, how far they can go. They've lost sight of the main thing. And because you've got the main thing, they don't got the main thing because you have the Spirit residing, residing within you. And they don't have that, Jude says, the only way that they can find any kind of self-esteem is by scorning you and mocking you and making you feel bad. And Jude says no to that. No. And the last time will be mockers following after their own lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions, yada, yada. Don't do that. Don't follow that. Don't be distracted by that. Stay the course. Stay the course. In my hotel last night in Hutch, uh, the, the Amazing Spider-Man was on with Andrew Garfield. Anybody remember that? The Andrew Garfield version and the, the Emma Stone was the love interest, right, in that? And Andrew Garfield is, is I don't know, a geek in this, right? He, he's, he's got a skateboard. He doesn't really talk. His hair is all crazy. Uh, he's just, a, he's the photographer, and he gets picked on a lot in this movie. And the mockers, he's mocked and scorned. He's pushed around. But the moment he gets his spidey powers, you know what I'm saying? He gets his spidey powers. I'm thinking, man, retribution, it's happening, it's going to happen. But what you see happen is he goes into this gym and the, his his 
torturer uh, had thrown a basketball or missed a basketball and knocked over this girl who was painting pep signs or something like that, right, on the, on the, on the floor. And Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, is there. He doesn't say anything to the guy. He just goes over to the girl and he picks the paint up and says, are you okay? But the dude throws the ball again. And Spidey, you remember what I'm talking about? He catches it. And, you know, me, and, and, and sometimes my anger would say, man, I, I would throw it as hard as I could and I would just bean him. Right? That's not what happens. He, does, he just does this. He says, hey, yeah, come and get it. <laughs> Held it out for him. He couldn't get it. He couldn't grab it from him. Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was too fast. Right? He never hit him with it. He never even said, you're a bad guy, or mocked him or scorned him. He just never gave him the ball. And then finally, it looked like it was going to be a showdown, and he, what, he went all the way down the court, and he dunked it and broke the backboard. Right? All this to say this, there's going to be a lot of people who mock you and scorn you when you're walking after Jesus. When you're walking in the power, the most powerful thing on this earth, the love of God within you, doing what God asks you to do, there are going to be people who make fun, who mock and scorn, and try to get you off your game, and nowhere better than here in college. Well, maybe high school. But really, Jude says, don't pay that attention. He says, push aside the distractions. All it will do is get you off your game and you are the strongest person in the world because of who is inside of you. Fourth, you must keep yourself in the love of God for eternal life. This is that whole wait. It says anxiously in my version, but really the better word is wait expectantly for it. So you've gone through this cycle of stuff. People have made fun of you, possibly. Uh, you have uh, been, been, tr- been following Christ as best as you can, doing what you need to do. And you've just gone through this emotional experience with people rejecting you and making fun of you. Jude says, okay, time to retool for a moment. Reconnect in prayer through the power of the Holy Spirit in the love of God. That's important for us. And the expectation of eternal life isn't, and then wait to go to heaven. I've heard that. I have heard that. I've heard sermons on Jude. It's not wait patiently, uh, anxiously, in the love of God for eternal life. So that to me, if I read that literally, it sounds like, okay, wait and pray, because then you're going to die and go to heaven. Well, that's a bummer. Isn't it kind of? Right? What he's saying is, you're about to be re-energized in eternal life is life under the ages, and that's part of what's in you. It's time to, it's, it's that time where you, you get all the junk out that you was just fed into by someone else, and God re-energizes you with His love and life. And I've just got a minute here, and I've got to finish. So, I want to go to the last one because it's incredibly important to your life. Number five, you must crash the gates. That's what Jude says in the end. You see, mercy is God's love and action through you. To show mercy on people is not the gift of the strong over the weak. It's the gift of God through your life into the life of someone else. It is God's counter-cultural power. It is your superpower. 
Mercy is your superpower. And Jude says, have mercy on the doubters. Have mercy on... There's some people who aren't where you are in the faith life and they're wondering. Show kindness and mercy to them. Walk with them in humility. Help them find the way. It's not a hard thing. And it doesn't take a theologian or a rocket scientist to do that. Have mercy on those who doubt. Don't make them feel bad because they doubt. Walk through them in their doubt. And then they will become like Him. Save those who are in the fire. In other words, go the distance for people who are in trouble. You know someone who's flirting with disaster. You know someone who's making some some mistakes in their life. And it's really hard. And it means that you will have to go a little bit of the extra mile, right? To try and reach out to them so they don't make those terrible mistakes. I know there's three people in my life who rescued me when I needed to be rescued who went the extra mile for me and said, Jay, come with me. Let's let's not go this direction. And then finally, give mercy with fear or reverence or awe to those who have done horrible things. That's what filthy clothing is. There are some people that you don't want to affiliate with because it's so gnarly, it's so ugly, that it's almost like if I get near them, I don't know if I can survive this or not. That's the love of God, though. Jesus healed lepers. Jesus went to prostitutes. Jesus went to a lot of people that none of the religious people approved of to show them love in mercy. Jude says to us, we have to show mercy. Save those who are at the edge and show mercy to those that we're not even sure about. And i got to tell you this, friends, and you are my friends, until you start exercising the love of God and understand it as your superpower in Jesus into the lives of others through mercy, kindness, those attributes of who Jesus is, you're not going to actually experience and understand the fullness of your life in Jesus. You'll be just a tourist. You'll be just a Christian Jesus tourist. Oh, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. Oh, that's so neat, but that's not my calling. It is, it, it is our calling. Our, our calling is to exercise the love of God, our superpower within us, as mercy in the lives of others. And you can do that every day. When I leave here and I drive to Tulsa, Oklahoma, I'm going to stop at a Brahms because I like Brahms ice cream. And I'm going to be as nice and as sweet and as communicative and helpful as I can to whoever serves me. Because I promise you there was someone today who didn't do that. Start exercising mercy in the lives around you, no matter who they are. And your world will change. Their world will change And you'll see that to be kept in the love of God, to be at the right hand of God and not fearing, means that you can carry out what Christ has asked you to do. Now you all stand up, and I'm going to dismiss you with a blessing today. I'll be down here front if you've got questions about coming to the mountains. Uh, It's not just cold and snowy, I promise. And, And visiting with us at YTI, but more importantly, I want you to go from this place to be filled with your superpower of God and to exercise that in this world in love and mercy. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for Sterling College, its faculty, its staff, its administration, and most importantly, for its students who have come here, who are spending time and money to learn. 
Father, I, I pray that You would bless them with a sense of Your love and presence. Lord, that You would help them to crave not just more of who You are, but that they would crave that You would be working in and through them in this world. So Lord, I just pray Your blessing upon them. I pray that they would change, see lives changed around them as they walk in Your love and mercy. In Christ's name, Amen. God bless you all.